0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. This is Dr. Andrew Rimby, joined with Mary DePippi. Hi, Mary.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: I um said to Mary, I wanted to release a year-in-review episode because we are technically on a two-week break, but when I saw her in South Jersey in um a really cute town called Haddonfield, we had coffee. Uh, she met my boyfriend, And I said, you know what, Mary, let's just jump on a podcast episode because we wanted to wish you all a happy new year. It's almost 2024, so we have a few days. And I wanted to like just recap with you, Mary, some of the highlights of 2023 because we had so much Mm -hmm. in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room.
1: Oh my gosh, I know. It is insane sometimes when I look back like from the year and just be like, oh, so that's how many episodes I did this year, like. Insane. insane. Exactly.
0: And Mary and I are about to go to Philadelphia. So on January 5th, we are going to the Modern Language Association, one of the largest, it is the largest, English and Literary Studies conferences. So I can't wait for us to be representing Ivory Tower Boiler Room, talking about LGBTQ plus voices and true crime and TV and film culture and analyses and how it connects with the university because all of this came from when I was a PhD student at Stony Brook and I Mm -hmm. won a fellowship from Public Humanities New York and decided to, during the pandemic, pivot into the podcast space. So that's why we're here today. It's almost, it's been more than three years, three and a Mm -hmm. half years. Um, so that's that journey. And I can't wait because we're gonna be giving out our bookmarks and Mary's gonna, you know, be right there by my side and it means mm-hmm. so much to me. So if you're going to be at MLA, make sure you stop in the digital innovation room on Friday between nine to twelve. We'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um in the Philly Convention Center, which is a great place. And I don't think I've ever actually been in it. So uh, <laughs> I know. So we're gonna have and we live like right by Philly. Um So it's easy for us. And I do want to make an announcement, which is, Mary knows, but I really have loved Long Island. I've been there for nine years. And I feel like that chapter has come to an end just because I get to be virtual, which is beautiful. Um, And, you know, once you start working from home and you're not around your friends and family, which I have a lot of friends there. So, you know, I know who you are. There's a lot of friends. But You know, when you're not by your family, it does make it tough knowing that it's a three and a half hour trip and it's always like a vacation or you have to try to plan it. And I love the Philly area and I love being in Jersey between Philly and New York City and the shore. So I think I'm moving back to South Jersey. I'll keep everyone posted. Um, And I know Mary is excited probably that I'll get to see her more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's some big news. But for those of you who are on Long Island, don't worry. I'm not moving right away. <laughs> so <laughs> I think this is going to be my last summer on the island. So we're going to have to make it a smash. And I will always be back on Long Island couch surfing because I'll get to consult with businesses there. So, you know, I know Long Island now really well, the way, you know, Mary told me. She's like, Andrew, you know where to go. You're going to be mm-hmm. okay. Um, <laughs> so I think what I want to talk about first, Mary, is... You had some really exciting episodes mm-hmm. about um you know well, I mean you had really intense episodes as you do in true crime and academia.
1: Oh, of course.
0: Yeah, but I know you had a few that were multiple parts. So you had the Virginia Tech shooting, which was really yes, um
1: which is insightful. so unfortunately, yeah, still so timely. Um, in this country you know I feel like everyone said when Columbine happened like we weren't going to do this again and then Virginia Tech happened and Sandy Hook and I'm sure I'm missing you know a bunch in between but it's you know unfortunately it is still a very relevant topic and a relevant and occurring problem still in this country and we're basically like the only country with this like the problem to this severity and you know it's just frustrating because lawmakers on both sides are refusing to really do what they need to do on their end as far as gun laws and mental health are concerned so yeah yeah no that was definitely that was an episode that I had done on the blog back when this was a blog and I had been holding it and holding it and holding it and when we aired it a few months ago, it just was the right time, so yeah.
0: And it's very timely, like you said, unfortunately, but um, there are issues in this country that everyone keeps yelling fire in a crowded room and Mm -hmm. those who are in power and privilege and position to do change and advocacy are bought out by companies that um, are supporting this infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the student debt crisis. It's just like mm-hmm. housing crisis and inflation and big money in politics and us not having candidates we want. I mean, if we could just, you know, this
1: goes on and on and on and on.
0: I know. And everyone knows the problems. And the majority of Americans all agree on solutions. But yet um, no it's not in... beneficial yeah. to those in power. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm
1: because their extra so, money that they shouldn't be making wouldn't be funneling in their pockets if they weren't it always mm-hmm. comes down to money at the end. I mean, this is why they say money is the root of all evil.
0: That's true. Well, even though should so
1: be, but it's become that way.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm so glad that you did this episode, like Thank the you. series, but also, you know, you had on um, I think it was 2023. It might have been a little late earlier which is okay right everyone can search our catalog um but Dr Lena Haji and Dr Dr John Delator.
1: yeah I think that was March April of this year actually yeah so yes. this was this year mm-hmm.
0: and do you want to let everyone know like what that conversation was about because it was really uh exciting to like hear this forensic, Analysis and mm-hmm. discovery because right, Dr. John Delator is a forensic scientist.
1: Both of them are
0: both. Of both them
1: Donner, are. Uh, Dr. Lena Haji, and Dr. John Delator are both forensic, uh, forensic psychologists who actually work in like completely different areas in some respects. So, Dr. Lena Haji is mainly in the prison system as a psychologist, psychiatrist. So, she works with inmates who are already been prosecuted, whereas Dr. John De La Tour does more of guest spots on like court TV and things like that where he will break down um, certain aspects of the evidence that's presented depending on what case they're talking about um, and I think does more of like the pre-court um, mm. analysis so that's one of the I mean again I think both dabble in those same things but it's just mainly that's what each of them do and You know, we basically got to talk about how forensic psychology works in the courtroom, how it works in the criminal justice system, but also in the ways that people don't realize. So, for example, like some people wouldn't think that a forensic psychologist would be what Dr. Lena Haji does, which is working in the prison system. I think a lot of people would just assume that that's a regular psychologist. I mean, that was my assumption, beforehand just like with any doctor you know like how they have a medical doctor and nursing staff on the payroll obviously in case anything goes wrong you know but again like you wouldn't call that a forensic doctor you know because they work in a prison system um so yeah so also we got to talk about um different ways that um certain perpetrators especially those um of a sexual nature, um, you know, how they have to, which is fascinating and disturbing and all of the things. So I'm just going to put my blanket trigger warning out now. Um, Cause like I said, we do discuss what it's like for them to work with these people. And there is a clip that I think is circulating on my Instagram somewhere of yeah. Dr. John De La Tour talking about how, you basically have to put yourself in their mindset because you're not going to get any information that's relevant to the case or relevant at all, period, unless you get them to trust you. So you can't just go in being like, well, you committed this horrific act like, you know, it's terrible. You can't point out the fact that they're wrong. You have to get in line with their line of thinking and try yes. to understand it. From their point of view which as he said can be a very like tricky thing and it's not always comfortable but it's what has to be done in order to get the information that's
0: needed so exactly well and just in case when you're watching this video you're like seeing me turn around i'm getting my phone because um i'm looking up on spotify our catalog and like not only did you have dr lena haji and dr john Delator, <laughs> I always mm-hmm. say Delator, but um, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Uh, that you know, something that reminds me of that conversation was when you had Doctor Mac on. And if mm-hmm. people haven't listened to Doctor Mac, the reason I'm bringing these specific guests on, Mary, is because it seems like you might have them back on again in 2024 for cult thinking or you yeah, know so falling my, into. Scientology. Yeah, something in
1: the works. So something
0: in the works is happening. Um yeah. so like Dr. Mack, you know, what was happening with her revealing the Ivory Tower?
1: So Dr. Mack is a psychologist. Um, I don't believe that she's a forensic psychologist. Um, I think she's just a regular psychologist, psychiatrist. And um, which I'm not saying that interchangeably, I just don't remember if she's one or the other other because psychiatrists prescribe medicine psychologists can't so there is a difference between those two um I just didn't want anyone out there thinking that I'm using them interchangeably I just don't remember um but she mostly discussed her trauma in academia and the struggles that it took for her to get her PhD in psychology and just really looking at the fact that she's learning psychology while also like all of this other psychological trauma is going on around her so I can't even imagine what that must be like because yeah I remember when I wanted to go for psychology and the first thing they said was don't try and diagnose yourself (laughs) which is the hardest thing and I can't even imagine like going through the things that she went through check out that episode so you can find out more. Um,
0: and it's about, you know, but then also learning at the same and time And gaslighting a system where, you know, you're, um, you know, just like what we're talking about, like you're, everyone knows the root issues, but it's just the same old, same old. And mm-hmm. in her case though, it leading to, um, mental trauma and, you know, even sexual, Abuse mm-hmm. or, you know, manipulation that happens with those who are doing ill with their power. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could even bring it into today. What's com- today's conversation, which is mm-hmm. I am now seeing so many calls from Taraji P. Henson. And this like goes back to Monique, Monique, the comedian. Mm-hmm. But like saying that, you know, as black women, they're not getting paid fairly mm-hmm. and somehow um you know them calling out Oprah Winfrey and uh Tyler Perry and like saying you know the issue is when you think that there are those around you which is why I think we take it to heart mary mm-hmm. like because i do have so many lgbtq guests on like mm-hmm. i feel it's my duty and responsibility to um not have them be thrown to the wolves. So like, if there's any critiques, you know, they can come my way. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I, I want every guest here to be treated fairly and yeah, in an equitable way, even if we don't agree with their opinions, which is mm-hmm. like the whole purpose of the ivory tower boiler room. And right. you know what you're doing, shedding light on true crime is we're not always going to Agree with every talking point, but like Mm -hmm. that's the purpose of this type of debate and discussion and you do it in a healthy way. And I'm looking back our first episode in the new year of 2023 was with our friend Taylor Ferber from cancel me baby and it was about um, being a sexy journalist and you can hold both aspects of being sexy and being intelligent and Mm -hmm. if no one's listened to that it was such a great discussion about um being steamy and sexual and also exactly. being taken seriously and i feel like we're still kind of stuck in that loop of you can be sexy and in and intellectual and you shouldn't feel that you need to sacrifice aspects of you know uh your and authenticity to appease uh corporate culture so yeah, you know,
1: because also with corporate culture, you feel like your identity is being completely stripped in order to fit in to this little box that they want you to have. And you really don't get to pull out your personality. So such a refreshing conversation to have.
0: Exactly. Uh, so I just want to go through. I mean, I don't think we can hit every episode. But. I'm just going to read some of the episodes from 2023. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to get through as many as possible, Mm -hmm. but I know (laughs) we might not necessarily remember every detailed conversation, but just like one sentence of um, to shout out the guests and maybe a takeaway we had from it. So Mm -hmm. right. Mary, like, if there's something from one of these ITBR episodes, feel free to shout it out. And the same thing for True Crime and Academia. But again, there was a lot that we did. So mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see. So much. This is this is like a game. Let's see how much we can do in 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> um. So we already talked about Taylor. Check. Um, Lev Rosen, the young adult author, came on to talk about Lavender House. Love. Um, and it's called There's All This Queer History That Queer People Don't Know About. Um, unerasing queer noir literary history. Um, what I remember is how groundbreaking that novel is because it was one of his first adult novels mm-hmm. and he's known as a young adult novelist. And it really has this like, um, murder mystery a la knives out meets clue meets, um, a Hitchcockian. Who done it? Mm-hmm. So um that's what I remember. It's very, very in like his novel was just thrilling mm-hmm. and that conversation. Um okay. Kelly Ford, same kind of like what I love is when we do this year in review, Mary, we just are going to start to see these patterns of what's mm-hmm. been happening in our own lives, like why we were so interested in these conversations. <laughs> Uh, When your character confesses to murder. Oh, this was Kelly Ford's real bad things. And not only is she from Arkansas as a queer female writer, which I thought was fascinating Mm -hmm. um, for her to bring that experience, but also her character confesses to murder in the first chapter. And that was just groundbreaking for me. I'm Mm -hmm. like, like, there's no... If sends or betweens about whether this person did it or not. But, like, what's going to happen after someone already confessed to murder?
1: Yeah, I've always been fascinated by stories that put – and it sounds like it's not necessarily the cart before the horse necessarily, but it's that idea that this should be at the end. So it's almost like the viewer was so used to having something be explained to us from A to B to C all the way to Z. Now, this one's going from Z to Y to X all the way up, you know, to A. So, you know, I just think it's always interesting and jarring when they do that. But I don't think it I think it adds more. Some people I feel like some people think maybe it takes away, but I think it adds more.
0: Yeah, well, and you're right. It's going against the climactic narrative um, can see like how mm-hmm. a novel when, right. You have an MFA, Mary, like everything mm-hmm. you're taught not to do, which is to give everything to give the spoilers um, mm-hmm. up front. So an amazing episode, mm-hmm. um, the history of the lobotomy. Do you remember that? Mary? Oh yes.
1: Oh yes. It's a very, very, that was a Patreon episode. So on the actual Spotify, Apple catalog, you will only get a couple minutes of it, but Yeah. The history of just mental illness and the of tr- and trying to understand it um, is just beyond. But I think one of the most horrific treatments to come out of all of this was the lobotomy. Some people might say electric shocks therapy, but actually that's still used today. Pretty sure the lobotomy is not, or at least it's been modified to be safer. so and more precise.
0: Yes. Yes, and our one sentences might be run-on sentences, but don't judge us, everyone. (laughs) Uh, uh, The murder of Anita Knudsen. Yes.
1: Yeah. I always try to remember, like, I always know the names, but then I always, I sometimes forget the stories behind them. But I do remember her,
0: sort of. Oh, I'll read the description. And I just come up to it. Mm -hmm. It it says, this week we were discussing a once-cold case that has recently turned red hot. We are diving into the murder of Minot State University freshman.
1: Yes.
0: Um, and there were all these recent um, what I love about Mary's mm-hmm. true crime episodes is you always include um, articles at the end in our show notes. Mm-hmm. So, like, make sure I always show my not... work. Yeah, I make math, sure but, you but I will always show her... my work. Yeah, if you don't know that Mary has all these sources, now you know, and you can like deep dive one of these episodes with Mary. Yeah, Um, I'm not just pulling things
1: out of my ass. I am really (laughs) deep diving research.
0: And there's a lot of like recent um, uh, Dateline um, articles that you had about it, and it was in Mm -hmm. North Dakota.
1: Yeah, and I think this one had like a something with DNA was involved. Like mm. basically someone, I think he was like related to almost like the golden state killer did one of those like 23 and me type of things and realized that this DNA matched an old cold case of poor Anita Kudston So.
0: Well, so listen for more. Uh, Rochelle Weinstein. Oh, I loved this conversation first. She lives in Miami, which like, as Mary knows, I haven't been to Miami yet, but um I want to go with my boyfriend and I'm like, I could feel like that Real Housewives of Miami, just yes. like the way they do the aesthetic. I my could feel it when I was talking help. with Rochelle, um, like the brightness and cheeriness. Um, but yeah, Rochelle is known as a woman's literature writer. But like what I got from our conversation is that when you're considered a romance writer, it can pigeonhole you really as only writing for women. And from what I gathered with Rochelle and what we talked about is how much of her novel writing is not just amplifying women's lives, which it is, but how realistic romance is as a genre. So, you know, I always like to defy the boundaries of what it means Mm -hmm. to be pigeonholed as a writer. So listen to that. Rochelle was awesome. And she has a new book out too. Um, So make sure you look up Rochelle Weinstein. Oh, Dr. Jake Newsome, yes. Um, Talked about the pink triangle being used um, in concentration camps. Um, And I mean, I feel like if ever we're in need of knowledge about the Holocaust, you know, we really need to learn more about um, the aspects of those who were also we are who were uh, persecuted in the concentration camps and who were disabled and um, who didn't politically agree with the Nazi Party. They were then silenced and, you know, put away mm-hmm. and murdered. I mean, it's awful. And the mm-hmm. Jewish community, of course. Um, of course. So. Dr. Jake Newsome, uh, you know, talked about how the pink triangle, though, was taken back by the queer community and now is even seen in gay bars. So that was an Hmm. interesting conversation. Zach Topping um, is an army veteran. And he wrote a war novel um, called Wake of War, and it's dystopian. And he also like Mary did this amazing journey with me of it doesn't happen a lot, but myself as a civilian And he's an army veteran and he answered all the questions I had about misconceptions we have in Mm -hmm. the public as what it means to be a patriot and being a veteran and like how so many veterans now are in need of medical and mental health Mm -hmm. treatment and they're not getting it. Um, And he also answered like my, um, you know, gay male fantasy questions, which (laughs) I had to get to (laughs) that. Gotta have that. (laughs) <laughs> Gotta have that. This is also before I had a boyfriend, everyone. So there is a there is an arc before I had a boyfriend and after I have a boyfriend. Uh, and also <laughs> Let's before see if I you got notice. My, yes, and also before I got my PhD and then after I got my PhD. <laughs> um. Oh, the Night Stalker. Do you remember the Night Stalker? Yes, there?
1: that is a Richard Ramirez. That was a Patreon episode. So if you are a patron, if you're not a patron, then you should become one so you can listen to that because he's a pretty. He's a big one. A lot of people know about him.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and then um, Andrea, yeah, Andrea Delvesco was your Death in the Dorm series. Yeah, oh, it was so, actually, the ABC Hulu uh-huh. show.
1: Yes. Yeah. So for the next couple of episodes, I did that whole Death in the Dorm series um, and went over all of those cases. So for those of you, I mean... Please don't come for me, Hulu. But if you don't have it and want to watch it or can't find it, um, you can listen to my episodes and get the information there, Um, you know, and I also give you the episode number. So if you're looking for a specific one or if you want to learn more about one and watch it, um, you know, just check. I'll give you the episode numbers are in the show notes.
0: Oh, good. Oh, and then someone you're all going to hear from soon is Dr. Jeffrey Weinstock. Um, who is a pop culture and a gothic scholar, specifically 19th century. He's coming back on everyone to talk about the fall of the House of Usher. So get ready. If you haven't seen the fall of the House of Usher, please watch it. Um, And I have like- Yeah. And I have a friend of mine who's a creative writer, James, coming on with him. So we've already recorded it. I know it's exciting. Um, And that's the thing, Mary, like when we have uh, when I have all these episodes recorded, I just can't wait to release them because I know how exciting (laughs) the conversations are. But I also have to do my job and hold things so I'm not in panic mode. Uh, Okay, Um, But yeah, he talked about like the horror, gothic literature, pop culture. If you're a Rocky Horror picture show fan, He talks a lot Mm -hmm. about his love of the Rocky Horror show, so that was a good one. Um, Yeah, like Mary said, the rest are her episodes were Death in the Dorm. So, you know, I'll go back to you, Mary, after Death in the the Dorm series. Of course. Then we were joined with Auntie E, Ebony K. Williams, JD. Um, Ebony talked about being on The Real Housewives of New York. What was it like uh, being the first black housewife in New York. Um, Now she has a TV judge show. Uh, So congratulations, Ebony. Um, Ebony. I always love reaching out to her. She's a mentor of mine. Um, Just a vanguard of media. Um, I don't know how else to encapsulate her brilliance, but she's She's brilliant. She is a queen. She's not only an auntie, she's queen Ebony. Yes. Um, So that was a great conversation. Oh, then Carrie the musical, There's a lot of Carrie the musical love this year. So Eric, who did the Carrie musical master cut on YouTube, which is free Mm -hmm. so you could watch it. Um, And then I had the author um, of a Carrie the musical book. So we'll get to that when it comes up. But that happened this fall. Um, Death in the Dorm. Okay. Um, Men having sex with men in 19th century England. That Mm -hmm. was very spicy with the scholar Dr. Chuck Upchurch. He talked spicy, about sodomy laws. Very spicy, Mary. Um, yep. More Carrie love. Oh, wait. Jesus had a bulge. That was about. Love. Uh, that, yes. Love. That quote came from, uh, you know, Dr. Dominic James, who um, is also a 19th century scholar. You're going to sense a theme, everyone. But he <laughs> talked about like visual art and illustrations. And there's like artists in the 19th century who draw Jesus with a bulge. And it's like very interesting. Yeah. Um, but if you're a fashion lover, we talk a lot about queer fashion. Mm. Um, oh, then you talked about Rodney Alcala, Alcala. The, the dating game killer, which yeah. is a future episode.
1: He is another bigger one. I wouldn't say he's as big as Richard Ramirez, but a lot of people do know him. Um, they gave him the name the dating game killer because he was on the show The Dating Game, and he actually did win. And was able to go on this date with the, you know, the woman. For anyone who doesn't know the dating game, it's a woman. And there are three dudes that are on the other side of this little wall. And she's got to ask them questions. And based off of that, she picks who she wants to go on the date with. And he got picked. And she even said that after, like, the portion of the date that was filmed for the show was over, they were supposed to go on another, like, little like dinner just the two of them or something she refused because she got the heebie jeebies from this guy and rightfully so because even i think at that time he was killing people so you know her intuition was right who knows if she would have been a victim after that but uh, you know thankfully she made it out
0: well and then your next episode was with bruce goldfarb the writer Mm -hmm. uh, chief medical examiner Um, Former executive assistant Mm to the chief medical Mm -hmm. examiner of Maryland. Um, And I know you always recommend his book to me. It's 18 Tiny Deaths, right, Mary?
1: Yes. And then for this one, we actually interviewed him for his book about – called um ON or OCME life in America's top forensic medical center um because it's about his experience having worked in the medical examiner's office being like Andrew said the executive assistant meaning the highest up assistant to the medical examiner um he talks about a lot of his experiences working there not only just running the um oh my gosh the name just went out of my head, but it's the exhibit that the 18 tiny deaths is, um, mm. you know, held and he runs that or did run that essentially like tours and maintenance and things like that. But then mm. also in like during the times of the pandemic, when there were certain issues, like I forget which one specifically, I don't think it was George Floyd. There was another murder though that he specifically talks about and the protests that were happening out front of the medical examiner's office. And, you know, really just being that person who's like, look, I just work, like literally he's like for him, that was the definition of look, I just work here, but he really did care and wanted to help. So it's very yeah. insightful, gives you, you know, such an insight into how that works and also some of the misconceptions. So, for example, one real quick that I'm going to mention in this long run on sentence that I have Um Is that, for example, you could in the state of Maryland, you could go and pick a body. You don't have to be related to that person (laughs) if that's John Doe and no one's picking them up and it's not involved in a murder. You can just take them and, you know, like strap it to the hood of your car or the top of your car (laughs) and go off. And that's totally legal. So things like that get unearthed. And I think it's just a really interesting conversation that you all should
0: listen to yeah well i know i said we'd be quick mary but is it okay if we keep going yeah let's keep going okay okay so everyone's getting a treat here um because we're just going to keep recapping these episodes but the bad gays episode ben miller um i met him at the queer history conference in san francisco and he talks about like who are like his top bad gays in history so that was fun um we got Dr. Lena Haji and Dr. John De La Torre. We already talked mm-hmm, about which them. Which you talked about. Yep. Uh, Dr. Vernon Rosario. He discussed um, like the medical field and their approach to pathologizing homosexuality. Um, that was a gay and lesbian review episode. Um, we have another Death in the Dorm series. Haran um, Kunrad um, is a professor at Yale for theater. So if you're a theater lover... Uh, She talked all about, like, her directing approach, um, Shakespeare um, adaptations, um, and she put on this really amazing um, production in Italy of um, Merchant of, Merchant in, is it the Merchant in Venice? Yes. Merchant Merchant in Venice, yeah. Um, Where's the Merchant of Venice? I always forget. In In Venice. Okay, thank you. Uh, So, yeah, she put that production right in Venice and in the shtetl, like where the Jewish community was. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting when she described that process. Um, Then we had Marianne Williamson on, um, who is still running as a candidate for president. Uh, So that was insightful and talk about holding people's feet to the fire. So that's what I'll say about that because you should listen to it. Um, Matt Baum came on who runs this amazing YouTube channel all about uh, queer TV and film. And he talked about, um, you know, why certain TV and shows really just captivate a queer audience. Like, why do we still return to Will and Grace, for example? Um, Then you had the Iceman, Mary. Mm -hmm. Which
1: is the story of Polish hitman for the Italian mafia, Richard Kuklinski. Uh Okay. Again, yeah, if you're um, a patron, you can listen to the whole thing for free. Yes, or not for free, to but join you pay our- us. So, oh,
0: you know. and you can join our Patreon for one week for free as a trial. So make sure you do that. Um, then I had Jarrett on who I actually, uh, Mary and I met in main stage for summer theater camp. I was in a production of Godspell and Smokey Joe's Cafe with Jarrett, directed by Renee Chambers Lisiaga, who's been on the podcast before, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he talked about like being a poet. And he like what I love is on his Instagram and TikTok, Mary, he'll like be in Philly and just like um, improvise a poem. And it's like on the streets of Philly and or on the bus. So he's a he's an artist in motion. Um, love. Yep. Dr. Mark Stein, he talked about uh, queer public history and like seeing what queer studies how it's now gone through all these different um, iterations from the 90s to today. And then Dr. Ramsey Fawaz, who's a good friend of mine now, um, he also came on to discuss Barbie and mm-hmm. the queer aspects of Barbie. But here he was talking about, um, like, why would the public care about queer and feminist studies? Um, yep. Okay. So then Mary had an episode. Oh, yes. I remember this was um, one that took place in India.
1: Yes, uh, the murder of Nikit Kumar. Um, yeah, sadly, it was a younger a younger child, um, not super young, but like not in college. They called that level of education college. There was a whole caste that, you know, that there's not supposed to be segregated or, you know, um, discriminated against for, but this child technically was and was beaten to death by his teacher um thankfully he was able to survive a little bit but sadly he did die in the hospital because of these injuries so it's a sad well, one changing they're the topic. all
0: sad let's be honest yeah, everyone well, dies the... in
1: mine,
0: so. yeah no everyone like almost dies in your episodes well someone who sadly has passed away but the legend madeline khan i had william v yes. madison on who wrote her bio and you know if you're a like, if you've even just seen her in Clue, which almost everyone has, or uh, Blazing Saddles, uh, she, there's so much to her life that he dug into. So that was fascinating. Um, What is it like being gay in the Deep South? That was the next episode with Eric Solomon and Marty Padgett, who both had their PhD and they're good friends of mine. Um, And then Mary had the murder of Claire Gra- Gravel. Gravel. Oh. Gravel from Salem State University. She was a computer science major.
1: Yeah, she went missing and her body was found a few days later on not like the side of the road, but a couple of workmen found it, found her body not too far from the one main road there. And it sadly went cold. But then recently, it's another recent one where thankfully advances in technology and things like that were able to help um, put a suspect in custody.
0: Yeah. Well, and then like jumping through, I had um um another theater conversation with Michael Kushner, um, who like has been a Broadway um like in producing and is a photographer. So that was really interesting. Um, My Policeman, which has Harry Styles in the movie. If you haven't seen it, it's mm-hmm. excellent. Um, I had the author of My Policeman on with Beth and Rob. The author Beth Ann Roberts and one of our interns from the spring was on that episode, Andrea. So yeah. loved that Andrea came on that show. She's a Harry Styles stan. Um, and then there was the Estee Lauder story about um Fifth Avenue Glamour Girl, like how Estee Lauder built her brand from the department store up. Uh, mm-hmm. so that was with uh Renee Rosen, who She's now working on a novel about the founder of Barbie, Ruth Handler, which I think is actually going to come out soon. So uh, (laughs) um, and then Mary had more Patreon episodes about the murders of Lacey and Connor Peterson. Um,
1: Connor Peterson is the unborn child that Lacey was carrying. If there's another name that might ring a bell for this case, it might be Scott Peterson, because everyone knows that one. So, I mean, Dean Cain played him in a Lifetime film. We know.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, and then you had the Darius Miles case.
1: Yes. And that is, um, from my recollection, I do remember a little bit. It seemed that there was some sort of issue with someone named Jamea Harris, who sadly was murdered. And, um, you know, it's just one of those you make a rash decision and Darius Miles now has to you know face the consequences of his actions and you know it's a shame because not only did jamia harris lose their life but also you have darius miles who was a junior and a forward star forward i believe on the university of of alabama's um basketball team so you have someone who did have promise and make this terrible decision and then thus ending someone else's life who who knows what they could have done in the world so it's
0: awful you know it's Yeah, all horrible. but it should. Yeah, you covered a lot of the ethics and morality around that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the next two were musical or not musical, but theater, New York City based ones. I had Christina Durarty, who is known as an actor's director, um, like she's an actress, but like approaches her directing just knowing that psychological insight of how an actor would want to be directed. And we talked a lot about method acting since she trained mm-hmm. at the actor studio, which is actually where Marilyn Monroe trained. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then the next one was about um, musicals and how they changed the world, which was fascinating. And David Armstrong was actually the director of Hairspray in Seattle when it premiered. So before it went to Broadway, and of course I had to ask him all about Hairspray and my love of it. Um, ben Mary had the case of Gene Isaac Steeze, the killer professor. Yes,
1: yes. He savagely killed his pregnant wife because of a love triangle he was in. I My memory serves me correct. It definitely seemed like he was one of those guys who found a new relationship and realized, well, I don't have to be married or have a kid. I can just do this and
0: then you know. Well, and then very different than the killer professor I had. Um, he's not a professor, but I'll call him a professor, Zachary Zane of being a greedy male bisexual and <laughs> owning it. And, um, you know, talking about orgies and like how he does all of this investigative journalism on the ground at these sex parties. So, yeah, that well, was talk about steamy. Um then I talked about Whitman and queer studies, and um, that was because my article had just come out mm-hmm. on Walt Whitman and queer theory, which you can read for free in my link tree. Um, okay. And that was with Jack Parlett, who wrote a book about Fire Island, and he is um, an academic who loves all things Whitman um, and cruising studies, and I've used him in my dissertation. So. Um, then I remember listening to grooming in the dance world, mm-hmm. Mary's Dusty and Mitchell so Button. That was disturbing.
1: Still alleged. Um, as far as I know, there like charges and like, you know, there hasn't been a trial yet. Um, but there are two people specifically in the dance world, Dusty and Michael Button. They're a married couple. Um Michael was a dancer and turned choreographer, teacher, sort of a thing, and Dusty was a professional like a principal dancer with one of like the best ballet companies in the world and they were are being charged with and being accused of grooming some of their students so you know wonderful
0: well and Tchaikovsky um wait no, mean no, no, Balanchine? No, no. Sorry, Balanchine. Why? I was like, wait, not Tchaikovsky. Sorry, Tchaikovsky. He created the, nut- he composed the, he composed the music.
1: Balanchine and the Sleeping choreographed.
0: Beauty, but sorry, not him. Uh, but yeah, Balanchine. Like, also, there was this whole. I remember, um, podcast series that had come out, like right when this episode of yours came out, Mary. It was called like mm-hmm. Turning um, mm-hmm. a Wall of Mirrors. I'm pretty sure, and it was about like George Balanchine.
1: Yeah, yeah. he was a. <gasps> Yeah. They try not groomer. to talk too much about it. I remember when I was studying um that like him, like dance and him specifically in college. Um but you could tell you were like this dude he did great for the dance world, but he was a shitty human
0: being. Not all artists are compassionate. Uh-
1: <laughs> no, they're not a not all artists are as great as the work <laughs> that they create.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um horror stories from some mm-hmm. of these artists. Um, Okay, then, oh yes, sound writing. This was with Drs. Tanya K. Rodriguez and Kyle Stedman, and they were, it was part of Broadview Press, which I love when I have Broadview Press guests on. And they were like talking about how they use podcasts in the classroom. So um, that's something that I know Mary and I are going to be talking a lot about at the MLA conference. Um, It's so interesting when you have your students start to create podcasts um feminism in the 21st century wow that was I remember I talked about Paris Hilton and like do we consider her a feminist that was with Dr. Alex Ketchum and she like we would go through all the different um waves of feminism Mary and does that still stand like where is feminism Mm. now in 2023 and I think that's a very contested issue so yeah yeah and then we went for a summer break because i was getting my dissertation ready yeah um so i remember that time and then i released my dissertation Mm press presentation for you all to listen to um mary came back on with the disappearance of brandon swanson do you remember that mary he
1: went missing the last day of classes in the winter so like first semester um he had called home to let them know that like he it, it, basically from what I remember, he took a different way home than he should, but he normally would have. And it seemed like his car became stranded and he went to walk, I guess, to get help. And that was the last, you know, no one has seen him since the phone disconnected when he was on with his parents. And I think the last thing he was heard was saying, it was like, oh, shit. And then that was it. He hasn't been seen to this day.
0: Oh my, that is disturbing. Um, I just say every time Mary. I know I'm such a ray of sunshine. And I hear your episodes and then I realize that this is not going to be uplifting, but it always teaches you a lesson, which I always like what true crime is so good at doing is us learning about um, the human psyche and trying to, you know, improve upon our Justice system or mental Mm -hmm. health, and you know, being there for each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We need to come together. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then I had Tom Crew, the novelist of, uh, the New Life, and it was a it's a um, historical fiction novel about John Addington Simmons who created the term homosexuality with Havelock Ellis, Mm -hmm. and I quote him a lot in my dissertation. And then I just remember there's this line where he says in the novel. Poem was Whitman's word for a man's cock. And I spent a lot of time dissecting that in the episode. Um, and
1: then you uh, had, that is true. Yeah. I love that for him.
0: I well, love and then him. you had a good friend of ours, Christian Garcia. Yeah, a lot on the podcast. Um, yeah, talk about poisonous women. So you remember mm-hmm. something from that episode, Mary?
1: Yeah, we were drawing a lot of parallels from um, fairy tales and true life poisonings and how some of them inspired certain fairy tale stories. So that was really fun. Um Also, we discussed how mainly women are the one who would use poison, not to say that that's the rule. Mm -hmm. But that is a very common thread amongst people who murder via poison versus murder via other methods. So very great conversation.
0: Oh, good. Yes. And also, like you go through the Disney villains because Christian Mm -hmm. is like we are obsessed with Disney villains. Yes, And um, like you try to determine who was the most masterful poisoner. Um, mm mm-hmm. So then I had on this discussion about sports. This was in August. So like, you know, we were on the beach and oh, I'm excited to be back there on the beach. And it was about like the roots of athletic culture, which goes back to ancient Greece and it's like this whole discussion about how the philosophers like it was this mind body connection uh so that was fascinating then I remember this because of the real life scream connection mm-hmm. you had the murder of Casey Joe Stoddard
1: yes poor Casey Joe Stoddard was house sitting for family at the time and two friends of well acquaintances I guess friends of her boyfriend not really sure um not the boyfriend had anything to do with it but because I know people ask. Um, but these two friends had just seen Scream. One of them seemed to be more obsessed with it than the other. The other one kind of seemed like a tag along. But together, they were collectively obsessed. And decided that they were going to kill Cassie via Scream style. So, and it's unfortunate because she did everything right. She heard the strange noise coming from the basement. And she didn't go in the basement. She should have survived. In my yeah. opinion, if we're playing by horror film rules. But
0: unfortunately, yeah, um, they were impatient. Horror movies don't mimic real life uh, scenarios. Yeah, even though they were trying, yeah, and they were trying to, yeah, it's very disturbing. But a must listen Uh, if you want to know the you know behind the scenes of how Scream they were actually borrowing from a real life. Mm This was
1: just after it came out, too.
0: Oh, so just after Scream came out. Yeah, they were so inspired by the movie Scream that they were mimicking the narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, They're
1: trying to make art life.
0: Yes. Oh, but we haven't gotten to this episode yet, but um, we covered Scream. Like We actually watched the full movie in um, October, and I had on Lawrence, um, who's my boyfriend, um, we talked about... um, how the movie screen was actually based off of a murder too. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay. Then I had on the golden age of gay pornography, um, looking at like all these different movies that had come out um, with. He's just such a well-known scholar of queer male erotic cinema. His name is uh, Dr. Thomas Woe. And that was amazing to talk about. And he actually was living in New York city, getting his PhD. When he was going to gay porn cinemas, uh, so yeah, trying to like remember, like think about Mary, what that would have looked like in the nineteen seventies was fascinating. Um, and then I got my birth chart read by my friend Sarah Slotnick. That was very fun. Um, if you want to get your birth chart read, you should check her out. Um, Doctor Tim Dean came on to talk about, um, well, again. Gay male porn. Uh, That was a theme in August. Um, And I also had included them in my dissertation. But we talked about um, Treasure Island Media, which is like known for very hardcore gay pornography. So let's just say his book, Mary, was uh, widely um, talked about, but also there was a lot of eyebrow raising going on when it came out. Um, Because they're like men not using... Not having condoms. And, you know, there was a lot of shame around the topic of his book. Um, Then I talked about what happens after you get a PhD, uh, which now I can say you become an entrepreneur and create, you know, you have your own small business. So things do work for you. And then Mary talked about the disappearance of Paula Jean Weldon. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think, and Mary's muted. So she. Is going to unmute herself.
1: I don't even know how I did that. My mouse must have been hovering over the microphone for some reason. Um, Poor Paula Jean Weldon. She went for a hike in uh, Vermont, Vermont near Bennington college, which is where she was going. And no one has seen her since.
0: Wow. Again, like a cold case. Um, Yeah. And there's
1: really barely any evidence to suggest if like she fell or anything, like they haven't even found her body. So, you know, just really sad.
0: It's just wild, like, how many of these people you cover that they've never been seen again, and you just wonder, like, where are they? Are mm-hmm. they... Like, could they actually be still alive? Yeah. And, like, living in an alias situation. It's yeah. Wild. Or, like, uh, some
1: sort of an agent, don't remember who they are, have to build a whole new life for themselves, and then have no idea that they were ever this other person. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. that, I
1: mean, it's rare, but that does happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then I had Joseph Federico come on for the first time and we discussed um, his coming out journey. But then he came on in October recently and talked about American Horror Story Coven and like gay vampires. And he's a writer and he's so inspired by New Orleans. And like all these episodes, Mary, like if I've never been to the city, it makes me always want to go there. I'm like, <laughs> I want to go to New Orleans. Um <laughs> Uh, then you talked about, Mary, the murder of Mark Kilroy, who it was a cult murder. So that kind yes. of like ties into cult thinking. Yeah,
1: he was on vacation with some friends. They got separated. They thought he left, went back to the hotel. He was taken by the local cult. I forget the exact name of it. And they sacrificed him. So oh my gosh.
0: Well, my next it's pretty episode, graphic, so, you know, be careful. Yeah. With that my one. next episode was with writer Stuart Barnes from Australia. And like, I really dug into, you know, have you ever thought to yourself, I think I could be a poet. And then like, you know, how do you claim that you're a poet? Like just owning. Oh, I am a poet. Like it is, you know, um, not an occupation that a lot of people
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, claim and own. So that was such an exciting conversation. Um and how like how he also puts voice to animals or artificial intelligence in his poetry. Mm-hmm. I always like wonder how people, you know, tap into animal thinking yeah. as writers. Um, then I had one of my like Kane University professors come on, Dr. John Colin Gruiser, who's also a post scholar. And he talked about what do you do with a PhD in English? And we just faced the reality of how there's like no positions opening up in academia and like how people are pivoting and it's also creating a lot of new pathways so it's not all doom and gloom even though it feels very frightening (laughs) um my hot boy summer we don't really you could listen to that but i like recapped you know going back to fire island and that was like a very interesting experience um but then my boyfriend met me there and then you know eventually Mm -hmm. things i decided i would be monogamous and settle down (laughs) <laughs> uh, so then you talked about Patty Hearst. Yeah. that Yeah.
1: That was a couple parter. harder. Um, for the, I mean, I'm sure most of you know, but Patty Hearst is the granddaughter of William Randolph Hearst, the huge newspaper mogul. Um, she was kidnapped by a terrorist organization, a very small one, you know, not that that makes it any better, but you know, not like, it wasn't dealing with ISIS is what I'm trying to say. um, you know, but she had been kidnapped and, you know, had been tortured and assaulted. And eventually, which what sometimes happens um, is that she started adopting their beliefs more as a way of survival. And then it eventually became her way of life. And she wound up becoming involved in one of their attacks. So it's, it was a very controversial case because at the time, the notion of Stockholm Syndrome hadn't like that term hadn't even been coined yet. They had just like that actual incident in Stockholm had just occurred like recently within this time frame. So, you know, there they weren't lenient with her. Instead, they charged her for all these crimes and she went to jail, even though technically, you know, she had been brainwashed and forced into doing so.
0: Mm. Well, and interestingly, my episode that came out right after that was 22 years it had been since 9 11.
1: Mm-hmm. And Rachel,
0: you could tell lost sadly lost her fiance mm-hmm. in the World Trade Center, and she explained like the process of trauma, like how she's still working her way through it, um, and rebuilding herself, and like what does it mean to be misunderstood? So that mm-hmm. was fascinating. Um, yep, yeah, and then you talked more about Patty Hearst. Then I talked about hunks, heartthrobs, and desiring men with Manuel Betancourt, um, who had come out with this book that I just love called "The Male Gazed," and like, what does it mean to like not be like a man gazing at women, but a man gazing at other men, and like, what does mm-hmm. that mean in all these different circumstances? So um, he's also a recovering academic uh, who has a PhD. <laughs> I was about to say a recovering alcoholic. And I'm like, no, that's not what I mean. Um, And then I was like, recovering academic, Andrew. Uh, Manuel, though, that was an amazing conversation. Then I had Eric Marcus on about, he's from Making Gay History, the podcast. And he talked about like LGBTQ civil rights. Then I had Dr. Andrew Liron from the Gay and Lesbian Review um, who talked about ancient Greek society. um, Male, male love, like from ancient Greek society to the current day. Um and then um I had another Carry the Musical episode, and that was with um Chris Adams, who has the podcast out for blood, and he just wrote this whole cultural history of Carrie the Musical. We talked a lot about Stephen King and the movie version because Betty Buckley, who is a friend of the show, hi Betty. Uh she was in the movie version as the gym teacher, and then she was the mother in Carrie the Musical on Broadway. So Then we started our ITBR Rewatches series with Queer as Folk. So Christian was the first guest on that. So if you haven't listened to all the Queer as Folk episodes, you should and watch the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Then Mary had the murder of Betty Shanks.
1: Oh, Australia. There's an Australia
0: connection. Yeah, it's
1: their most notorious unsolved murder. Sadly, Betty was walking home at night from hanging out with friends and she was attacked and murdered. Like, literally not that far from her house, too, which just sucks. And, of course, you know, she was considered missing, and then they found her. And sadly, they still don't know who did it.
0: Oh, God. Well, then I had um, a discussion about is the Barbie movie feminist with Sheena Rubino, who is a, um, a doula. She's trained as a doula and um is a yogi and that was just interesting to like get her take on the womb theory yeah she kept talking about womb theory and like how gynecology appears at the end so um that happened then I had an Australian writer another one Nigel Featherstone who talked about um fear men writing with their cocks and I don't mean like physically writing with their cocks that would be be like that quite remember the there was like the puppetry of the penis people. It wasn't <laughs> like that. Um, so that was a really great conversation. My mom came on for the first time to talk about A Haunting in Venice, which spoiler alert, we're not rewatching again. So, um, but it was a good, she was very honest in her critique of it. Uh, so you should listen. Sarah Fraser came on to talk about um, the writer strike, which now thankfully they reached a resolution. Bethany Frankel's Reality Reckoning, which is still going on um mary talked about um the disappearance of mara murray who is still missing after 19 years
1: yes she's still missing um similar to brandon it was winter time she got into a car accident her car went off a ditch two people who live nearby did see it happen and called the police one actually went to help her but then um you know and offered more help but then was like, hold on, let me go call. By the time the police showed up, she was missing and just gone, disappeared. And they still haven't found her.
0: Well, then I had Samya uh, Krishna Murthy on to talk about hip hop and fashion. And like, why would Anna Wintour now embrace? Um, Kanye West line. I mean, now she's not embracing Kanye West with his controversies, but she did at one time. Then P Diddy. How has Kim Kardashian always been at the Met Gala? Um, so that was really fun. Um, Matt's, uh, Scalarod came on to the Queerest Folk, uh, podcast. Um, and he has this show called I Love Gay Today. So that was a great conversation. Um, are you the gay best friend? I remember doing this whole game with Nicholas DiDomizio who wrote that novel and like talked about uh, the clueless gay best friend and um, Degrassi. um, Loved that conversation. Then Aaron Hamburger came on to talk about um, how he found his photo of his grandmother in male drag and like that caused this impetus for writing Hotel Cuba about Jewish immigration. Um, And then... I launched with, well, Christian launched because that's his show, the Smash rewatch show, which Mary was a guest on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all about them putting on the Marilyn Monroe musical. And then, Mary, you had an episode about the University of Texas tower shooting.
1: Yes. So that happened in 1966. And this is something that um, happens, I feel like, very rarely in the true crime world, where unfortunately, Charles Whitman had, the shooter, had a tumor in his brain. And where it was located, they have deduced that it was pushing on the part of your decision-making and your impulsivity. So they truly believe that this tumor is what caused him to go out and commit this mass shooting back in 1966 Um, and it's just overall just sad because even from the it's not like it just happened one day like he knew something was wrong and he kept trying to get help and unfortunately in 1966 they just didn't have the resources like we do today
0: Mm. Well, then there was the Screamery Watch, which I talked about. Then I had on um, Sage uh, Katugno, who they just wrote this graphic novel called The Glass Scientist, and it's all inspired by Jekyll and Hyde. So our first graphic novelist came on the show, and uh, we talked about Victorian Gothic, monsters, and uh, reviewed the movie um, Talk to Me, which if you haven't seen Talk to Me, and I keep telling Mary she needs to see it. But, I need oh my god, it. it was wild. One of the most like horrifying movies I've seen. Um, Aaron Wallace came on to the Queerest Folk Show. Um, then we, Mary, came on with Lindsay, the Housewife Historian. We love mm-hmm. Lindsay, and we talked all about like the Real housewife shows and just our honest opinions. <laughs> um, and then. Mary came back on with Janine from the soapbox and why. And we talked about the conjuring, the exorcist. Um, yeah, that was just, so the demonic possession was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our Halloween was on fire. Um, exactly. just like, I love doing this cause I'm like, wow, like you said, we covered a lot of topics. <laughs> There's so um, much. Joseph Federico came back to do the vampires and witches in New Orleans. Um, the smash show continues. It's still going on. Um, then like Mary talked about the Virginia tech shooting discussion happened. Um, Lindsay came back on to talk about Salt Lake city and orange County, real housewives. Dr. And Sophie Anderson, my friend talked about becoming an entrepreneur and um, being a creative person and like not um, buying into imposter syndrome. Joe Nasta, who's a poet came on the queerest folk show um we talked about reality reckoning with um my friend i had on uh ronnie jr and i talked about BravoCon, um so that was really enjoyable then i had on bj irons to talk about gay greek mythology fire island desperate housewives um mary came on the smash show then a friend of mine ariana pesky um is that i think that's how you say your last name Um, I always just call her Ariana, but she came on to talk about fitness and health advice because she's a fitness trainer and an influencer. She's coming back on to do a new year's resolution show. So, Mm. you know, should we buy into new year's resolutions? How do we actually like form healthy habits? Don't set yourself up for failure. My calendar just came off to remind me about a spin class tonight. So that's (laughs) very fitting. Um, then Dr. Shannon, uh, Dia came on to talk about gender and sexuality and being um, going beyond the binary. Um, my parents came on during Thanksgiving to talk about Killers of the Flower Moon. Why are we not taught about Native American history and genocide? Uh, that was important. Elizabeth Winder came on to talk about the women behind the Rolling Stones. Uh, she wrote a book called Parachute Women. My friend Kevin Gadzelinski came on to talk about Queer as Folk. This was a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Richard Schneider from the Gay and Lesbian Review talked about um, 30 years of the Gay and Lesbian Review and what they do with that magazine. Rasheed Newsom, who's the producer um, behind Bel Air, came on to talk about his novel, Um, My Government Means to Kill Me, about young gay Black men and political and social reckoning. Um, Scott Alexander Hess came on to talk about Queer as Folk. And I went to his book signing with um, my parents and that's when they actually met my boyfriend, Lawrence Mary. Mm. Um, So it all happened with Scott Alexander Hess's book signing of a season in Delhi. Then you came on to talk about the murder of Kaylee Sawyer.
1: Yes, she was murdered by a campus security guard. Um, So that actually her murder led to a lot of bunch of new laws that made sure that anyone in a security guard's position especially in a school campus situation that the vetting process would be a lot better than what it was because this guy had priors and he was allowed to be a kid like not just like oh he stole something but like he had had had, had, like domestic violence cases and things like that so
0: like why is he a school
1: exactly like there's Um, no reason
0: yeah that reminds me, you might have to look into this, Mary, but I'm pretty sure my parents said that when they were at Drexel in the 80s, there was a similar situation. He was like a maintenance employee who mm-hmm. murdered a college student. I'm going to have to look at that. You might have to look into that. Yeah. Um See, everyone. this is how Mary and I come up with ideas. We're just like <laughs> you're you're in like our brainstorming workshop. But then I had on um Dr. Andrew Israel Ross, and he talked about Marie Antoinette pornography mm-hmm. um, and all of like, we are Paris. So if you are a parent, a Paris fan, a Parisian fan, he talked about, like, how they were having public sex in the gardens in Paris, which isn't happening now. But they were wild back then. Um, good for the them. French, you know, revolution. Um, then I had on Lindsay, Dr. Lindsay Tuggle, good mentor, friend of mine, about you know, can you be a creative writer and an academic? And she says it's a hard balance, but it can work. So she gives a lot of advice. Um, Elizabeth Winder came back to talk about Smash. She's gonna come back on everyone. Mary then her last episode mm-hmm. before the break was called La Pref Murderer.
1: Yeah. Le prof. He was a Belgian serial killer and rapist, but he was also a professor. Um, A man named Ronald Jansen. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Oh, gosh. Um, And then I had on Lucy and Childs to talk about queer youth in literature, which is like a very hard, um, you know, to juggle those discussions. I talked about like how queer youth in literature, we talked about their represent representation. Um, Mary, I'm sure you remember that novel called A Child Called It.
1: Yes. Which
0: like she's not queer, but like just how mm-hmm. torturous that book is because you know it's based on a real, the author's mm-hmm. real life story. Um, then Melissa Guyberson came on to talk about coming out as a lesbian in her late 40s. And she never really was interested in women before that. Mm-hmm. And people are fascinated. They're like, well, how did you not know you're into women? And she said, it just wasn't, You know, there was a woman who fell into my life who I just fell in love with and realized that I desired women more than men, even though she was married to a man and had children. So that Mm -hmm. was just to see her journey and talk Mm -hmm. to her about it was fascinating. And then our last episode was with Travis Roundtree, who came on my Queerest Fook show. So, yeah, that is. Everything we talked about in 2023, Mary, we did That it. is oh our year God. in review.
1: Holy shit.
0: Jesus Christ. In a good way, I'm saying Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Mary, I can't wait for 2024. Yes. Happy and healthy holidays to everyone. Mary, yes. thanks for doing this discussion. Thanks for oh, going over every thanks episode. Thanks for having me. And I will see you in Philadelphia for the conference.
1: Yeah.
0: Bye, everyone. See Bye, you in everyone. 2024.
1: Yeah. <laughs>